Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. I hope you guys are coping well with the life changes that we all experiencing due to safer at home orders. I feel like my experience changes from week to week. This week I feel more okay because I'm getting used to this quote unquote new normal and I'm trying to kind of think about it as a temporary situation. So today we're going to talk about and focus on what can you do to make sex more adventurous and fun at home because what I've been hearing from my clients all week is that they feel kind of bored. We're working at home. We all are stressed out. Many of my clients are fortunate enough that they they have the job, but after hour, it's just like they feel like it's more of the same. They're watching Netflix and things are not exciting. So we're going to talk about strategies that will help you to kink up your relationship. We're going to talk about how to incorporate pervertibles in your sex life. My guest is Marla Stewart. Marla is a professional sex intimacy and relationship sexologist and a sex educator. She has run a number of workshops and uh, she has presented in conferences. You can find her bio, full bio in the show notes, but also Marla and Dr. Jess, who was our guest last week, they co-authored this book about how you can master the art of seduction and you can order the book. The link going to be on the show notes as well. Without further ado, here's my interview with Marla Stewart. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali, and I'm here with Marla Stewart, sex educator and author. Marla, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. It's funny that <laughs> something interesting happened, Guy. We were deep into this kinky conversation <laughs> about pervertibles, and I noticed that I wasn't recording, so it's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a redo for us, but I loved all the things that Mara talked about it. So you guys are in it for a treat because I heard a little bit of a preview. So we talked about how people are kind of stuck at home. All of us stuck at home. It's really hard for for many people to get access to the things that usually they kind of go to, to kind of do kind of as far as like sex shops or novel activities or like the dungeons, all those places that people usually go for sexual excitement. So that's why I think it's very interesting that we're talking about pervertibles. So Marla, please tell us a little bit about what is a pervertible. So a pervertible is a tool or instrument that is not normally used in kinky play that you make into a thing to do kinky play. <laughs> and so pervertibles are either, you know, they're props or, or things that you can find around your house that you can use to enhance your sexual experience or your, or your, or your sex life in general with, with your lover. 
And you, you talked about how people can kind of be like use different elements in different rooms in, in the house to kind of like look into pervertibles. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the common things that can people perhaps have it in their kitchen, they have it in their life that they can kind of incorporate it in their sex life. Yeah. So pervertibles are everywhere. And like I was telling you before, you know, we're in a time of like social isolation or, you know, social distancing. And so this is the time to really make a inventory of all the, the the pervertibles that you have in your house to make sure you're you know you're set up for sexual success right and so when um, when we think about pervertibles I really love the kitchen I feel like the kitchen has like a lot of different pervertibles that you can use you know whether you're into you know light play or heavy play and I think they're all very useful at whatever stage you're in so the kinky items in your kitchen would include like wooden spoons spatulas like any other like flat wide utensil wide utensils that can really be used to like spank or hit for any kind of impact play you can have knives if you're into like a little bit edgier play and that knives really create, uh, you know, like seductive and a vulnerable experiences because when the edges are kind of traced lightly along your skin, it's just sort of, it's dangerous, right? And danger can be a real turn on for a lot of people just because there's a, a sense of something might go wrong and that heightens our arousal. And so using that can be very, very sexy and very just a hot experience. But, you know, of course, we ask you to like stay away from major like arteries or veins. And if you don't know where they are, then we suggest you just avoid, you know, knives altogether. (laughs) But there are, uh, you know, different things that you can do with like kitchen towels or dishcloths that can be stuffed in the mouth. You can use ice for temperature play or even... Um, like those spanking instruments, if you have like metal spanking instruments or pervertibles, I should say, because they're they're cooking utensils, you can like warm them up on the stove and have them warm and use the ice for to to bring out the arousal uh, according to temperature. You can use different things in your refrigerator, right? Carrots, cucumbers, any kind of phallic items that can be used for like oral or vaginal penetration or anal penetration. Um, as long as you're, you know, safer about it and you put a, you know, condom on it um, and that you're, that it's useful for that. Actually, carrots and cucumbers, you don't want to use for anal penetration, but there's other oh, things. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're, because what our anus does is our anus kind of does this like, it's not a straight up thing. It kind of does this curve thing, right? So if even if you think about butt plugs, they have like sort of the curve thing before they flare out, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you use a straighter object, especially something that's really stiff, like a carrot or cucumber, you re- re- and we have to remember that our anus is a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? So because it, that thing can either get sucked up, right? And that's not good because then you'll have to go to the doctor. But just because the, the anus just has that little curvature. So you probably want to stay away from that. 
I think these are all great tips. And I think yeah. it's just, and the other piece of it is that, that like people are, if they're looking around, they can find, as you said, like tons of things that they can do to kind of like play as far as, far as like using it as a pervertible. And this is a time of creativity. I know that with my, many of my clients, they cope with this crisis. They kind of channel their creativity. And what I'm hearing is that you want people to also kind of be more creative in the sexual realm and kind of like that that's an invitation that we're we're making for people oh yeah definitely i think we should all take the opportunity to like be a little bit more creative and see what we can do a lot of times we feel especially in our homes we feel just like oh this is a safe space it's a safe place you know but we because we think it's such a safe place we don't think about perverting it right we don't we stay far from perverting those things in our everyday life. And so I think this is a perfect opportunity to to take in and, and really, like I said, do the inventory and to think of your house or your safe haven in a different way so that you can remember that there are all these really sexy items all around the house. And I know that many, at least many of my clients are into sensory play. And you were telling us about this wonderful trick and tip of using music and the technology to kind of incorporate some some of that in our sexual play. So please tell us more about that. Yeah. So when we think about like sensory play, we usually think of blindfolds, right? And so we could use like ties and scarves as blindfolds and, you know, to, to enhance our other senses. And then if, if they're really into like sensory auditory we can really play with them a lot and tease them, right? We're thinking about seduction and the tease. And one of the teases is thinking about our, if you have an assistant in the room, uh, you know, a technology assistant and asking them to play like your favorite playlist, but playing it like really loud, like your sexy playlist or whatever. Everybody should have a sexy playlist, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a sexy playlist, now is the time to do it. You got the time, just do it. So having your the assistant, the technological assistant play the playlist and having it up really loud so that and then having, you know, your person blindfolded so that they don't know what's about to happen. Right. And I think that's really can be really sexy and hot because you can set up everything. Right. You could put pull all of those pervertibles that you found around the house and you can lay them one by one next to each other and turn them into a really amazing kinky experience. And you don't have to, you know, and it's nothing that you have to purchase, right? So you can go in the kitchen and use those chip clips as nipple pinchers or skin clamps using a fork or spoon, you know, chasing up against your skin or using it to bang on something for a different kind of auditory experience. Thinking about even plastic wrap, right? Wrapping the body around and seeing, restricting the the kind of touch. So you can use the plastic wrap, wrap the person around in the plastic wrap and then use the fork on top of the plastic wrap for a different kind of sensation, right? So you can, there's all sorts of things that you can do that are like in your bedroom, in your kitchen, and even in the bathroom. If if your lover is a fan of like menthol or peppermint oil or anything like that, you can have, you can put that in your mouth 
and put that on their skin, right? Like lick their skin and see how that sensation feels on their skin. So there's just like lots of different, you know, electric toothbrushes, right? There's just like a lot of different things you can do with uh, with your person as long as they're willing and consenting and, and ready to try something new. And it's interesting this week. So I've seen, I've worked with tons of couples and I do mostly sex therapy. And many of my couples I saw this week and they were telling me that how bored they are and how, because what we're doing is sitting at the, at, in front of our computer or like working on meeting all day and they are in need for adventure. And of course, when we cannot go out, then, but you, what I'm hearing that you can bring adventure home. And I think that can be a fun thing. Oh, yes, exactly. You can, you can always bring the adventure. The, the adventure is always at home. <laughs> it's just a matter of how we see the home, you know, like, how do we see, how do we, you know, move in a way that where we can change our brains and, and tell and, and see that our, our homes can become sexy places, not just in the bedroom. Absolutely. And I think like kind of around the topic of pervertibles, probably most people have seen how it's been kind of played in porn and erotic movies and all of that. And they, they think it's hot. But what gets in the way of people being kind of more adventurous, kind of getting out of the zone of having sex, kind of vanilla sex, like light off, is that they feel like very self-conscious. They feel like they don't have confidence when it comes to sex and sexuality. And it's not about, and I've seen it across the board. It's, I've seen it in same-sex couples. I've seen it in, in very, very attractive individuals. So sexual confidence at times is the key that gets in the way of people being more playful. So tell us a little bit about how can we cultivate sexual confidence? Well, you can cultivate sexual confidence in a variety of ways, but the ways that we describe in the book and the ways that I use in my personal practice is a really a a positive affirmation way. And that is where you identify sort of the, the negative qualities or the negative thing that you are focused on and figuring out what the positive thing to that is. And then also thinking about the counter aspect of that thing. And then like enhancing it with all the other qualities that you would, that you would like to have, you know, in the future. So with that said, let me give you an example, right? So you want to, so you write down the thing that you perceive as negative. So maybe it's, I always, I'm too quiet during sex, right? It's a pretty common one, right? And so when you identify the positive element of that, you say, okay, what is the positive thing about being too quiet during sex? Well, the positive thing out of that is that you feel present and you're in your body, right? So sometimes people are like, I'm quiet because I'm focused. I'm, you know, being present. I'm enjoying it, right? So you might want to say, okay, hey, I feel present and I'm in my body during sex. And then the next thing is that you want to say, like I said, the opposite, right? Of the original statement or the flawed statement. So you could say, even, even though I'm too quiet during sex, the opposite would be like, I love to talk during sex and give great feedback, right? And so you would you would say those things 
over and over and over again and use those as positive affirmations using those every day, whether it's with your meditation or before you go to bed at night, just saying them out loud will actually help to change your brain and the way it thinks about those negative qualities. And eventually you'll start to actually change them. So this is what I encourage. And then I also encourage my my clients really to be sexually creative, right? So a lot of times when they're talking to sex therapists, even though they're talking about sex, they just can't, a lot of my clients feel like they can't be as explicit, right? When they talk, but when they talk to me that they can, right? So if they went to their sex therapist, they could say something like, oh, I just want to please my partner, right? Mm -hmm. And although that's great, and I think it's very valid, I think also, like, how do you want to please your partner? Do you want to be, you know, the best dick they ever had? You know, is your pussy the juiciest pussy you've, you know, you want them to experience? Like, what are the things, how do you really want to say that statement? And I think that sometimes is the key to helping people push beyond their comfort zone and and get really embrace sort of the authenticity that they have in their head and, and speaking that out loud for themselves. So that really helps people to, to build their confidence. But like I said, just a lot of positive affirmations and boosting them up with sexual affirmations and really helping people to be more sexually creative in their thoughts as well as behavior. I think these are such a great point. And as you were talking about the language you use, also, I think uh, in addition to the affirmation piece, as you said, like I like that for people to have goals for themselves and also kind of practice what would it be like 10% better because I have clients that they mm-hmm. say, like, I want to be kind of more, I want to do dirty talk in the bedroom and kind of like they're frustrated with themselves. But in, even with their friends and they're kind of like with their therapist, they're not able to use the name of their genital or, or, or things that they want. So I guess like 10% better would be kind of using that and being more expressive, maybe in their therapy sessions or during foreplay. So it's it's helpful for you people to kind of have these tangible goals. And I, I t- truly believe that we all have this innate ability to express our self-sexuality showing up I think if you're showing up authentically in the bedroom that would be fantastic and many of the people are very capable but I think these layers of shame and guilt am I doing it right gets in the way of people showing up as their true self in the bedroom and sexual relationship Yeah, exactly. And then I I also think too, like, you know, like you said, we, you know, we plan, we have goals and we have goals in other parts of our lives. Like, why don't we have those in our sexual life? Right? Like, why don't we have like, hey, I am going to have an orgasm by this date, right? And these are the steps that I need to take to make sure that happens or whatever the case may be. And so I, I think the sometimes we we don't think of our sex life as important as we do our work life or our family life or whatever. And for me personally, I tell my clients that they need to prior- prioritize their sex life and they need to prioritize these goals that they have for their sex life because or else they're just going to keep coming to see me, right? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm giving you the tools that you need in order so that you don't have to come and see me anymore. But if something happens, or we need to figure out something that's totally, you know, okay, but, but really having those goals and ensuring that you, you know, you keep up and achieving those goals, 
that is a surefire way to help build up sexual confidence as well. And I think as, as people are creating these goals for themselves, sometimes it's helpful about kind of focusing on what I want versus what my partner is nagging about. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. I feel like if you're doing this for your partner and every time you're telling it like yourself, you know, I'm great at giving feedback and you have this image of you, I don't know, your partner nagging at you, then that would be a little bit, little bit less effective. But I think everyone, I think it's if they are interested to enhance their sexual life, it's helpful to have a goal. I know that although I, I'm so grateful that I have wonderful sex life, I always have goals. Or goals could be, okay, I want to be kind of master like orgasmic breathing. I want to be able to mm. have this kind of orgasm or this kind of play. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're not having good enough sex. I feel if people still are enjoying sex, there are ways for them to up-level it. Yes, exactly. There's always a way to make it better. And I think people sometimes they think like, oh, well, you study sex or you do sex therapy or whatever. And like you, you must know all the answers. And it's just like, no, there's always a, a, a we always have to discover, try to discover new things about ourselves because number one, our bodies change all the time. You know, uh, the things that we did 10 years ago might not work the, today or the things that didn't work 10 years ago might work today and we might see it differently. And so we need to always keep experimenting and, and, and keep trying to, to strive to be better lovers. Right, and adapting to situations. For example, right now at the time of COVID-19, many people are taking their sexual life to online and virtual realm. And maybe the skill that you have in person, you need to modify it to kind of like make it as exciting and adaptable if you have virtual sex or you're having phone sex. And I know in the books, you guys had tons of good techniques and tips on how to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. We have so many techniques <laughs> and things. It's really like this book. I'm, I'm super proud to proud of this book. Um, Jess and I really just laid it all out there. And, you know, what I really, really love about the book is the seduction instructions, which is our which is like our homework assignments and, you know, our lovers inquiries and like all of these different exercises to help build awareness of our bodies, of ourselves, how we like to feel, but also of our lovers, like how they like to feel, what they like, what they consider sexy, you know, thinking about how to seduce them, how to prep them, how to tease them, and, you know, the different strategies around, you know, techniques. And, and of course, we, you know, we say, you know, foreplay is sex, right? Like, people a lot of times say, foreplay is the thing you do before sex, which generally they mean foreplay is the thing, are the everything that you do before vagina, penis, sex. And Jess and I are kind of like, no, because if it's oral sex, that's sex. If it's hand sex, that's sex, right? It has sex in the title. So, it's really, really important that we stress that whatever sex it is, it is sex, right? <laughs> and I, I love that you, you're talking about that because sometimes when I ask people, okay, like, you know, what do you do for power play? They say, oh, we do oral sex. So like you're right that all of it, all of those activities are part of sex. So, so I love that you have this kind of homeworks and activities that people can incorporate. And I think it's a fantastic book. So Mara, tell us a little bit about where can people get access to your content and also tell us about the book launch that you have? Yes. Yeah, so people can have access to my content on my website. It's velvetlipssexed.com. 
And I also run a sex conference called Sex Down South, which is just sexdownsouth.com. And that is a three-day sex and sexuality conference. So all learning, you know, for three days straight. And of course, we, you know, have fun and party at night. But uh, you can reach me on social media at one Marla Stewart or at Velvet Lips Sex Ed. That's sex without the E. And for Sex Down South, I think it's Sex Down South ATL on Twitter and Facebook and then SDS Con on Instagram. And yeah, you can reach me on all of those on all social media, on my websites, all of that. Awesome. Awesome, guys. If you didn't get a chance to write it down, the information will be in the show notes. Marta, thank you so much for coming on the show. And it was lovely to chat with you. All right. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys found the conversation with Marla useful. Certainly it helped me to see the kitchen item in a new light. And I, I think this is a time that many people are leaning into creativity as a way to cope with their psychological frustration and the struggles that they have around this pandemic. So why not incorporate it in your sex life? So if you are frustrated with your partner, Essentially, you guys can be playful about it and act it out in the bedroom and see what's going to get. Maybe you get some exciting things and new experiences in the bedroom. And sometimes like any new skill we are incorporating, it's important to bring humor to it. So maybe you use this kind of, I don't know, spoon and it turned out ridiculous and you both are laughing. It's important to not take yourself serious. That way you you will give yourself permission to experiment with more of a fun things around the house. I would love to hear that if you incorporated pervertible, what was your experience? Please feel free to send me an email at drmoali at oasis to care. Also, if you've been listening to this episode, this show, it really matters if you write us a review on iTunes or Stitchers. It helps us to reach a broader audience and I will be very grateful. Thank you so much and stay safe. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.